everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. You're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Episode 26 of the podcast. You realize we might be getting these things out a little quicker. We're trying to organize things better on our end. Make these things... <laughs> make these things more uh, punctual. Uh, we're not going to be a very punctual podcast. But in this episode, we're going to cover two games. But before that, we're going to bust through the social media nonsense on the front end. I'll make it quick. You can find us on uh, Facebook... Instagram, Reddit, Twitch, and Spotify, I think, currently. Mm -hmm. I think I got them all. You either search the full name of the podcast for some of those things. I think the full name works on Most Facebook and Spotify a little better. Reddit and Twitch is just two smoking controllers uh, with the word two, not the number two. And... Uh, Instagram is the number two. Instagram is the number two smoke. So, yeah, we, we communicated real well to make this as easy as possible. <laughs> anyway, we're on all we're on all those things. Um, you know what they're for, so I'm, I'm not going to dig into that. So we're just going to move forward and go ahead and jump straight into our first game, which I'll let Blake take the lead on that one. Our first game is called Astrobot Rescue Mission. VR game. It's what our third VR game we've talked about. On here? Mm. I know uh, we did the Rick and Morty one. Barely. And then we did a uh, a couple we we quit a couple of them. We yeah. quit we quit Rick and Morty so that was probably on a Gamefly episode maybe. And like we I guess technically don't knock twice. We didn't play it on VR but it does have VR capabilities. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Probably. So maybe this is on the second one we've played. Yeah. This one you actually beat though. You did too. Well, no you didn't. I gave up. No. <laughs> we'll get into that. But uh, before we get too far into it, let's just knock out a couple of the bigger details. Astrobot Rescue Mission came out in uh, 2018, mm -hmm. and it's developed by a team called Asobi. Uh, Asobi Team underneath the uh, SIE Japan Studios. Mm -hmm. But more specifically, it's uh, Asobi Team. They're the ones who mostly did it, because they're the, actually the ones... Cool side note, there was a an introduction to VR on the PlayStation called VR, I think it was PSVR Playroom or mm -hmm. VR Playroom. Yeah. And it had several different mini games. Like there was a 3D ping pong. There was all kinds of stuff. Think of it like the uh, the things on the Wii or 
like the Wii Sports or what was the other one? Uh, that's like the the. I think it was all Wii Sports. Well, the Wii uh, Wii U had one too, where it's just kind of like it's a bunch of small games that show you what a, what, what something can do. Basically, tech demos. Like almost. sort of like well, this one was more along the lines of tech demos. Yeah. Uh, because went the, the different ways you can use VR. And they had Poe, my favorite, is the one I like to sh- a lot of people to play it. That would they come over. There's that uh, deep sea underwater adventure where you don't interact with anything, but it's just an experience where you yeah. just follow. But you get so put, into it. Put you, you put you in a shark cage and it drops you in the ocean. And you just get to go on that adventure. It's really fun. Uh, I've had a couple of friends try it, and we all really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Enjoy watching them freak out. <laughs> yeah. But the... Apparently, the reception for this tiny little minigame, I, what was the minigame called? I actually don't remember what it was called, but what, I mean, it may have just been called Astrobot. I don't remember. Ironically, yeah, go ahead. But that was so well received after a couple of years that the uh, Japan Studios reached out to Asobi to ask them to expand on the idea more because they think that it could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was a PlayStation VR. It's also it's a 3D platformer. Yeah, but it's actually kind of cool because you know how in a lot of 3D games you you know you just use the right stick to control the camera and move it around. Instead, you spend most of the game as basically a a guardian bot, a mama bot, a watch bot, just an immobile figure that watches over Astro. You're just a helper. But you can see yourself in mirrors and reflections of water and stuff. Yeah. And even occasionally, you have to headbutt walls and <laughs> obstacles to get them out of your way. Headbutt beach balls. Mm-hmm. Back at enemy. And soccer balls at that one enemy. Yeah. And it's really cool because you get to... Like, you literally... like You have to look down, look up, look around. And sometimes you'll get to a point where there's a wall in front of you. And you can't break it, but you have to because Astro's going to go behind it and hit a switch to move it out of your way. Mm-hmm. And so you have to like lean up and around the wall to see. You are he's in front of me. You are controlling Astro at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He you control the little Astrobot himself. You're you're a big floating robot. You're basically the camera following him around and more it's really, than anything. It's really cool. Yeah, and it does play with uh, perspective quite a bit in really cool ways. It's hard to explain without actually seeing it, but uh, uh, I've never seen anything done this way. People say uh, when you read some of the reviews online, people compare it to uh, really the best of what Mario has been able to do over the years with uh, interesting ideas and cool perspectives and level design. See, but before we delve too far into it, let's. Uh, there's not a whole whole lot of story going on. It's basically you're fighting a bad guy. Well, you're Astrobot, you're Astro, and you have roughly 200 little <laughs> little helpers that you're watching out for. And this stereotypical alien, I thought it was kind of alienist or xenophobic because of how it looked. Mm. <laughs> it, uh, it hits your ship because it wants the technology. It wants the, uh, the, the VR or the control technology that you're, you as the player possess. So he hits your ship, blows it up into five pieces, and the whole point of the story is you're gathering the five pieces to go and fight him. Yeah, I'm the final boss. Mm-hmm. It's uh, made like it's, it's made up of five different worlds, which consist of roughly 
20 levels, so what, five levels a piece. And then you're going to collect all 212 of the little rescue bots besides Astro. There's six, oh yeah, each level has a boss and the final boss with six bosses. Mm -hmm. And then there's some challenge maps that you and me didn't really... I didn't bother. I realized I wasn't going to get the platinum. I didn't want to bother with the challenge maps. Because the the challenge maps, the, the challenge is it's a time trial. I don't, and you I get don't do time trials. You get bronze, silver, and gold, depending on which one you get is how many of the rescue bots that you actually get. And I wasn't, I don't like time trials. I'm not concerned about that. I want to have a good time. I'm not yeah. trying to rush. But, yeah, every time I have a timer, I'm I'm pretty much over it. But as the with the structure of the game, I said five worlds, uh, five five levels and bosses. Uh, if if the developers made a mistake mistake making this game, it was not theming the worlds. Uh, it's re- it seems very random. Every world, like you go, like you'll you'll start a level. It'll be a water level, and then the next the next level, and that same world's covered in lava, or you're in a city. Like it just there's no there's no rhyme or reason to the order of the levels. What I think ha- think what I think happened was I think they did have themed worlds. But I think it got monotonous. Did you read that somewhere? You just just uh, guessing. This is purely me guessing, but that's what it looks like because the levels do flow together. Like some of the lava levels, where you're on a minecart, every lava level you're on a minecart going through. I thought I think that it was themed worlds, but I think it got seeing the same thing over and over and over. I think it got boring, Maybe. so they they swapped them up. Yeah. That's what it looks like, in all honesty. It really does. When you look at it, the yeah. levels flow together, and even in between missions, you can actually go to the ship and play around. You can revisit some of the levels and have some mini games like a, a crane game and some other stuff. And inside, some of the prizes from that crane game are pieces of the levels, like steels. But when you unlock, as you unlock all the trophies, it puts all of them together as if they were one level. So I think it was originally. Yeah, you designed it that way and then broke it up. Because it, just imagine going through all the water levels, and then which were cool, but then never touching them again. It it, it gives you it give them a reason to also swap up all the different gadgets and make every level. Yeah, I could see that, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's OCD. I feel like a. A world should be themed. The boss should be themed to the. That's that Mario to, thinking. To the to the world, yeah. I don't even I don't even like Mario. I guess that instilled that in me a little bit when I was a kid. It's but, war, but, but even Mario things jump around, don't they? Depending on the Mario game. I mean, ish, because you go to one world, like say you go to lava world, like everything is going to involve lava or fire. Yeah. And the water worlds, all the water ones, you swim under, but they have a much more intricate level design. These not so much. Sometimes, they, yeah, they do, but they do tend to be. It's a one-trick pony, because, like I said a second ago, uh, as well as being in control of, as the controller, you get different little helper gadgets. Yeah, which which is actually your it's a PlayStation the PlayStation Four controller. It's the additions to the controller. What were they? There was a. Grapple hook. Yeah, the grapple hook's a pretty basic one, which which uh, which surprisingly they use each one to make uh, multiple uses out of a lot of them. And it turns out being pretty cool. Yeah, there was clever the, stuff. What was it? Grapple hook, which was really fun because you could pull and push and even make like a what was it? Was it what I'm looking for? Like a 
a high wire for Astro yeah. to walk on to get yeah. across. And then, like, so that's one thing. You, you hook something, he walks on it. If you like whip, like kind of like whip your controller, and he's on it, it'll whip him up into the air. You can make him jump higher. Yeah. Or you could knock enemies off the wire. Mm-hmm. And there's there's the trophies attached to that, like save, sit, knocking enemies off the wire and stuff. Yeah, I think I forgot to get that trophy actually. As well as that one, there is the water hose, which is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Trophy for spraying yourself in the face. Yeah. It takes a second. You just have to hold it. <laughs> but that you can like wash enemies off off the way, so Astro doesn't have to fight him. He can fight, by the way. I didn't say that earlier. Yeah, he can, he can yeah. defend. You just square. Himself. You just kind of punch. I think punch, punch and then and you can hold it to spin. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's, and no there's a jump and his, his little, amazing little rocket booster, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Then let's see, grapple hook, water hose. There's the shuriken cannon, which is really fun. Yeah, you're just throwing shurikens. You're just touching the the mouse pad as fast as you can, just slinging out shurikens. Yeah, it's usually attack enemies, and then they start using it a little more complicated to make uh, you stick them into uh, surfaces to make him jump on them as platforms, and then they have rotating platforms. It gets kind of complicated, but still relatively clever if I'm honest. If you go back to the water gun, you use the water to put out fires and then you eventually you use the water gun to spray lava to make uh, platforms to walk on. That's true. As well as fill up uh, things of water to like make all these boxes and stuff float so you can platform across yeah. more dangerous areas. It was really so intricate. They, yeah, they use lots of different, different things. The only one that they, they didn't use a lot of stuff for was maybe the little pellet gun the last one you get. You, you, you only get to use that in like one like level. two or three times, yeah. And that was really fun, too, during that car. Probably the worst level in the game, the carnival level. I don't remember. Remember all the, the neon lights and the spinning platforms? Is, yeah. Uh, that Maybe. Has some, my hard, some, some hard platforming. Well, again, perspective. Sometimes I, you just need to... I sit down 99.9% of the game. There were a few times where I needed to stand up just because I couldn't do it from the angle, and then you just stood up and you got eye level with Astro, mm-hmm. and I was able to hop across the platforms a little better. Yeah. Uh, the last one that you don't get to use very much is the flashlight. Yeah, it, that was only one level. They that was a, actually a really, really interesting level. I really enjoyed yeah, that. That was one. cool, the, haunt, the kind of ghost level. So only one ghost, or one little haunted little... Yeah, one scary. One, one little quote-unquote sc- yeah. scary level. Halloweenies. It was only one of those, but that made that one stand out all the more. Yeah, but you get the flashlight once. Let's see, so we, as you, that's the, that's the tools. Uh, the general running around is like, like any other platformer you play. Um, he can run, jump, and if you hold the jump button, he can hover for a few seconds with some rockets on his hands. Uh, the general idea of the levels is to. Uh, really just get to the end but on your way to the end you can uh, find little little astrobots they're hidden throughout Uh, annoyingly um, they holler for you when you're around but you can hear them from really far away and a lot of times yeah yeah and it's really hard to find them sometimes, which is the point of them being hidden, I guess. Sometimes you can see them, like, right up there, like, hanging off a ledge. All of them just hanging off ledges. I missed quite a few just because, like, looking around, I could not figure out where they were. Sometimes they even hide them, like, if you're, like, running up to a ledge and you got, if you can look over the ledge, you'll see them, like, below you on a platform, like, a mile below you. You got to jump off and kind of hover your way down and catch, catch them that way. So just finding all those guys, I think there's, what, five per... Five or six per 
or it's like seven, I don't know, five or six per per level per per level. And then um, along with those, there's another hidden thing. These chame- the chameleons, those are hidden pretty well, but they sit, tend to a lot of times be in your path or be somewhere you're going to look. And they're some mostly invisible because they're chameleons. But when you look at them, they get scared. They kind of they make they make a popping noise and they fade back into where you could uh, see what they look like. And they're really just another collectible. They're the ones that unlock the don't the chameleons unlock the, the challenge. challenge maps. Each chameleon un- unlocks a challenge map. Which I didn't do any. That Blake told me the challenge maps were time, so I didn't even touch them. Well, one of the things I forgot to talk about. As you yourself, as the controller, like I said earlier, you could headbutt some things. You have a couple of different uses as well. You have headbutts, which knocks stuff out of your way. And then while this is going on, you actually have to avoid some obstacles. Like there are... <laughs> yeah, just dodge, you can dodge rockets or cannonballs. Yeah, rockets, cannonballs, gi- giant bullets, or even like... I think there are some fireballs. Yeah. And even uh, in, that ep- in that amazing ghost level, which is actually called bots and ghouls it's a really standalone one you're dodging some of the projectiles the ghosts are throwing at you yeah uh, well speaking of dodging astrobot doesn't have a life bar astrobot dies and if he, if he, if he dies he if he gets hit he dies right i do yes so it so. changed it's, yes when he's one hit dying except for bosses where he gets a special little hit point power up it gets him three little hearts on that trail behind him that's the only time you get health yeah, because you have unlimited lives until the boss fight yeah you just keep trying over and over again so the yeah, effort so we're to mention like well you're you're hit you're a floating head dodging things uh astro cannot get hit by anything or he just he just pops and then you go to your last little checkpoint checkpoint that you touched checkpoints are fairly forgiving they're like constant yeah it I, seems like it i was never like i got annoyed I checkpointed past a couple of things I wanted to collect sometimes, and when you go too far, because you can't really, it's really hard to go, because you're, you're a floating camera following him, you can't go backwards. You cannot move backwards. The best you can do is turn and look backwards and get Astro to go behind you, but you have limited perspective from where you're at, because you, as yeah, so the camera, cannot go, Have you have no backwards momentum. Yeah. And... All these, uh, all these amazing levels are accompanied with really great music and atmosphere. Yeah. I actually have that dude's name right here. A gentleman named Kenneth C.M. Young. And he has done... See, he actually did the music for just about every iToy game. The iToy stuff that came out on like PS3. The iToy. Really? He also did... Uh, all the music for Little Big Planet, all the music for a game called Tearaway. That's the same, that's Media Molecule. That's the same company. Is, uh, he, is he a Media Mo- Molecule employee? I don't know. Tethered. He did all the music for Tethered. That's another VR game. And he said he did all the music for Heavenly Sword. Wow. So he, I mean, I I, I kind of remember some music from Heavenly Sword. I've only played it a long uh, time ago. Who knows? It's just stand out as this is. But this was fun. And this some of the little, I, I could see the little, all the little Big Planet games were just it, it some says of them. Little Big Planet franchise. Okay, because so I, I can, I can hear that. Yeah, he, if you think, think, you're just thinking back to the way this music is and the way Little Big Planet was. I could, I could see it kind of matching up there. Uh, very catchy tunes. I've got quite a few to play. Uh, throughout, you'll, you'll be hearing them throughout the podcast. I don't know where I'll, you know, I don't know now where I'll drop them, but they'll be throughout the podcast. 
Is there any world that stood out that you had a real fun one on? I can't. Is it was due to the design of the the things not matching up? I don't know which world was which. That is true. The only way to recognize them is by uh, their bosses, but the bosses are the bosses are the worst part of the game. In a lot of cases, but in a lot of cases, but as you've played through, each boss is specifically designed around one of the gadgets. Yeah. So once you've played enough of the other levels, you tend to get a good feel. Well, it's it's misleading because the first boss is really easy. Yeah, and the second boss isn't terrible. Which one's the second one? The octopi. The octopus. So he's with octopus. Octopus. So where the game takes a turn is the bird. I think he's third or fourth. He's. I think he's I, the I'm third. I'm forgetting a boss somewhere. Because you have the first one, which was the gorilla. The gorilla. Then you have. You have the gorilla, which is the first boss. The second one is the octopus. The third one, I believe, is the vulture. And mm-hmm. the fourth one is the spider. The fifth one... Okay, yeah, I remember the spider now. The fifth one was that really cool... The spider used shuriken, though. Yeah, you cut the rope and everything. And then the fifth one is the massive shark one. So that one was cool. And then you have the final boss, which the okay. vulture and the final boss are hands down yeah. the most annoying in the so game. The vulture's right, right, right about the middle where you're real comfortable and you're really enjoying the game and you fight this vulture fight and it's, we both about quit there. I ended up quitting on the last boss. Blake quit the last boss before I did, but then saw me get further than he did and then decided to take a few more whacks at it. Ended up beating it after I gave up. <laughs> well, because there's a a one-of-a-kind tool that gets used in the boss fight and I didn't know how to use the tool properly. Yeah. I thought the way that you had... I hate that in video games. And there was no real tutorial for it either. So I had to... I literally... I got mad at it. Drew played it. He got mad at it. And I was like, I'm so... I'm on the final boss. Yeah. So I went and like watched a three-minute video of someone explaining what to do. And they're like, oh, you don't have to... You You have to hold it instead of hitting it repeatedly. And I was like... Why didn't the game tell me that? Exactly. So I went back and it took me for... Because you lose, you got the bosses. All the bosses are... Um, Three stages. State Multi-stages. That's why it gives you, that's why it gives you multiple lives, multiple hits to get through them. But there's no freaking checkpoints in the bosses. So they assume that lives is enough. Uh, makes the... Um, I can get, you, get through, you can get through the... I mean, really, you can get to the vulture, the gorilla, the, the gorilla... The octopus and the shark you can do without getting hit. Honestly, those aren't those aren't that difficult. But the vulture is a nightmare. It's fair, and the vulture is a nightmare and it's unfair. And the last boss is extremely dramatic in his attacks and quite unfair as well. I did manage through many, many attempts on the vulture, make it through when I actually beat him without getting hit. Well, okay. Like it's possible, but you gotta get that pattern down and understand yeah. where you're going, and it's. Rugged. Yeah. I can't think of another word. But other than the bosses, though, which kind of suck. I mean, some people like a real good difficult boss head, like uh, but not a, a not Cuphead, but not like but that. not in a game that's not inherently difficult itself. Exactly. There's the, nothing in the regular game that's terribly difficult that I remember. The it's very misleading. All even all the way up to the gorilla. Like I lost on the gorilla a couple of times, and I was like, oh okay, I get what I'm supposed to do. I think I, you lost I, once. I, I Each of the bosses, we don't want to spoil what you do because the whole point of the bosses is figuring out how to use your tool to beat them. Just because you know what they are doesn't mean you know what to do with what they are by yeah. any means. But so you, each of them, you have a particular weapon, one of the, not weapon, one of the tools, 
Well, I guess I guess the shuriken's a weapon. Yeah, gadget. That's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the because uh, a lot of the I mean we can't spoil perspective because you can't you can't say that in words what what it means to be playing in a VR and the way the game looks. We didn't talk about I guess the graphics. The graphics are really good. It's yeah. also real, really minimal. Yeah, minimalist. Well, that's because it. Uh, well, not, well, not even just because. I mean, actually, the game looks really, really dang good a really lot of the gorgeous. times, and even even with uh, the VR headset, because the VR does lower resolution, so it can so it could work, mm-hmm. even on even on Blake's PS4 Pro, which you know, nobody knew the PS4 Pro is a garbage console, <laughs> but the Pro, even the Pro doesn't render up uh, VR any higher. I don't I don't know what the resolution is, but VR resolution is naturally lower. You could tell if you play like 4K games and stuff. I don't think I don't even think the PS5 will be rendering VR in 4K. I don't think it's possible. They might even get, they might barely get up to H full HD. Yeah, it's just hard it's hard to do all that with the processing. But anyway, the game looks good, and that's what art style does. The game we we talked about art style before. A game that have different kind of graphics. The Astrobot still looks fairly incredible, even though it's not even though it's kind of uh, fuzzy a little bit. Oh, well, I said a second ago about the minimalism. They do it artfully. Because mm-hmm. there'll be a moment where you'll be in like a skyscraper city going across skyscrapers above the clouds. And so all you have are like the peaks of these buildings and just gray clouds below you. Like there's nothing yeah. else to render and just blue sky to in every other direction you look. Mm-hmm. Except for there's no sun. I could never find the sun. It was just bright. I think I even I looked for one, but I never saw one. I thought that was funny. There's uh, a there's a hint here. Early in the game is one of the skyscraper levels, and there's one of your astrobots that I missed is on an airplane flying around. You have to shoot the airplane. Down. You have to shoot the airplane down. So good luck with that one. I, I I didn't go back. Blake told me he found the little guy on the airplane. So you're, you're gonna see a little airplane flying around in one of the early levels. It's a big airplane. It's not little. It uh, looks little, but it's a big one. Oh, well, wherever it flies by, or wherever it, even, even if, even, I don't even know if it flies close, there's an astrobot, little, little, little dude on that plane. So there's one of the collectibles that I missed because now I wasn't going back for any of them. And then, um, it's like, and, and it does do the, like, I talked about the level designs. Like, it goes from, like, the cityscape, and then, like, your next level will be in a cave. So it's kind of uh, it's just it is disjointed. Now I do like the I do like the caves because the the cave has a, a fun fun little catchy little soundtrack to it, and uh, everything everything's kind of like it has these mushrooms, these little brightly colored, neat looking mushrooms that are kind of they kind of feel like they're kind of moving to the beat of the the music sometimes. Um, some of the cave has, does have some of the harder levels, probably. I'm trying to think of some of the jumps, it's really just jumping. I don't, I don't even like platforming games. See, the caves are a bit difficult. Later on, there are some lava levels there. Some of the lava stuff is pretty tough. Cause, you know, t- touching the lava, like like anything else, touching the lava kills you instantly. I'm trying to think of all the levels without spoiling them. Lots of the water stuff is really cool. There's multiple multiple ways they do the water. There's one where sometimes you're just underwater. Thankfully, Astrobot is a robot, so he can just go underwater. So he's, he's not worried about being uh, drowning or anything like that. There is uh, fish that attack you, um, eels that pop out of holes and try to kill and then you. And some kill. specifically designed underwater robots like piranhabots and well, fish. Yeah. Everything, everything's robots. I guess all the enemies are robot type, different kinds of robots. Except yeah. for those eels. Yeah, that's weird. Enough. Weirdly enough, it is. So they're all the like, yeah. electric eels. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. The eels are like the, the eels. The only thing you fight that ain't robots, because even the bosses are robots, ain't they? 
One of them is. I'm sure they all are. Are they all robots? Huh. I don't even remember. I know one is 100%. And then the other ones, I'm real iffy on because I'm thinking about it. Even after you beat them, like they're, they're ending animation. No, uh, the vulture is. Don't they, don't they all blow up when you beat them? Yeah, I think they are. The shark kind of tips over. <laughs> so that's neat. But but the water levels, uh, those are cool. There's a variant a variant on those, which there's one cool level where your your perspective is the way you're sitting in the game, and there's like waves coming at you, and like in your Astrobot on a little on a little his little floaty little ring, he's, little he 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 rides on. He's kicking his little feet. And there's waves, and the way you're sitting is you see the waves come at you, and you're above the water and then a wave comes over and you go and your, it goes over your, your camera head and you see you hear the music and stuff dim down when you're underwater and the wave comes back down and you hear everything normally and it's just the constant waves of the level are pretty cool and you use the waves to because uh, there's like wreckage and stuff around you I won't tell you where you are but you uh, as astrobot you ride down a wave and you ride up a wave to like grab a there's like a little astro dude stuck on top of a, a mast of a ship you kind of ride up the wave and smack him and you ride back down the wave and it's just a way really cool way of the way the level flows with the water and, uh, he just like we didn't talk about that earlier but when you actually rescue these guys Drew just mentioned it you you hit them just smack them you smack them to tell them to get back to work because sometimes you find them in precarious situations like hanging off a cliff or trapped in some vines other times you just see them lounging on a cliff drinking something and you have to kick them to get them back yeah to... they uh they fly weirdly enough they can fly fly astro your guy your guy can hover for a second they fly around the little little loop and they land on your little playstation 4 controller and it opens up the touch thing opens up and they jump inside and wave at you and it closes it's pretty cute it's, really ador- it's actually a really adorable game a lot of it is because even when you're running around with a uh, astrobot uh if you if he runs uh say he's crossing something and he's crossing something close to you he looks up at you and like waves and he goes hi and he waves when he runs past you it's pretty cute all in all besides some of the difficult bosses it's a very very enjoyable really chill and you can get into a pretty good flow state just because the music is yeah and for people who um like me who don't handle vr very well like has no issue i don't think jessica had any issues i have some issue if i have to do a lot of like whipping around looking around so uh for me uh a couple of vr things i've done make me sick so i I get i get motions i get motion sick anyway outside of video games but uh, this one, the way it does the perspective, actually didn't hardly have any any effect on me because you're not like whipping your head around and you're not you're not spinning a camera like you are in a bunch of the first person VR games. We end up spinning a camera a bunch. Uh, I, th- I think that helps. So anybody who has trouble trouble with VR games and making you sick, this might be your ticket in to maybe try something to play that you can play a little longer and without uh, upsetting your tum tum. Because you you are on rails but you still have mo- full control of the camera of where it goes but again you're not whipping it around and doing all this some of the stuff will get to you when you have to like get to a ledge and look down to see if there's an astrobot down there a yeah, buddy yeah. but all in all it is it's the best uh well let's say is the best vr game we've we've probably played uh for what VR can do, yeah, I think so far we have a couple other VR games on the, that are in the GameFly because GameFly is finally getting VR games. One we own at home, and I don't know if we'll talk about it. If there's any point in talking about, uh, uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. That'd be that'd have to be a different episode for sure. Yeah. That's a clever that's a clever VR game where 
the we could do a it's, VR party. Game. It's a it's a multi yeah it's a multiplayer thing where uh, the person wearing the headset has a controller, and they are when in the headset they are sitting in the room with a bomb, and they're on the way they look at the bomb is with the PS4 controller. You rotate the controller and like hit buttons on the controller and it moves things around and does things, while everybody else sitting in the room. There's a second controller, but what we're seeing on the TV is all the plans for de- defusing bombs, and you got to flip through the pages. You got to communicate to the player wearing the VR set what they're seeing because the bombs are all the bombs are level, like a level, you know. And you got to communicate that. So it's just a, that's a uh, that is probably one of the cooler VR experiences. That was really fun. Um, because you're it's cool being in, seeing two different plays. Like they're you're not seeing the same thing. That's the TV screen. Because a lot of time when you play VR, if you have the TV on, you just see what they're seeing. See the perspective of the person. What's interesting about that, though, is uh, I would pass by Blake playing the VR, and I could you could see I could see what he's running around doing, but watching Astrobot on the TV and and the VR is a complete weirdly like a completely different experience. Yeah. Like you, like it's. I mean, like I say if you haven't worn a VR headset, it's hard to explain. But watching something like a video of somebody on the VR and then actually wearing the headset, there's not. That's not. It's not comparable. It's just, it's completely different. It's a, a submersion. It's an immersion effect. It's the point of VR, yeah. but yeah. So I think it's probably the best VR thing we've experienced so far. It's the, it's the one I've enjoyed the most for yeah, sure. Yeah, the Rick and Morty thing was whatever. Rick and Morty was fun, but I'm just like, fooling around with. I would rather just watch the show. Yeah, for and be, real. Uh, being participating was a little difficult, and the he- uh, you didn't have like a lot of free. It was it wasn't well designed. Clearly, I mean, I doubt they had the backing of Sony like these guys did to make true. to make a high quality, high quality game. Um, uh, do you, do you have anything else? I don't think so. We covered most everything without spoiling it. Um, like I said, I didn't beat it. The, the last boss was just uh, irritate me too much. I don't know how Blake went back and did it because he was madder than I was when it first started. Sheer spite. <laughs> Definitely. I beat that game out of spite to prove that I was better than it. And that happens occasionally when you just get something just gets under your skin so much and you're like, oh, I'm going to win. I will beat you and make you mine. Yeah. I didn't get the platinum because I wasn't about to do that, but I, I beat the game. I showed that I could beat the game. Yeah, you can go back to the levels and collect the other astrobots you missed, the chameleons you missed. The platinum also involves doing all the uh, all the challenge maps, and that's just way too much. So no platinum for us for that game, but it's still an overall enjoyable experience. We did it on a not gamefly episode because Blake did complete it, even though I didn't. And we and we played them, I and I played everything up to, all the way up to the last boss. So it was a pretty much a full full experience. That's why it's not on a a gamefly episode. And one thing I actually kind of forgot to mention at the very beginning I wanted, I didn't talk about the, the amount of people the mm-hmm. team you think about how kind of like intricate and really pretty and everything the game is it's only made by 25 people mm-hmm. the Asobi team is only 25 people and it only took I say only it only took them 18 months once they were given the go ahead to complete the game well, I, uh, especially for the what it, what it is and for the fact that because um, we've played some VR games that just flat out don't work like Rick and Morty that just don't work right there's no there's no real struggles with the VR working I didn't struggle once with the VR working and that's gotta be and it had to be a bit of Sony's like obviously Sony backed the game they're like if you're gonna make this game we're gonna give you the money and stuff to make this game but it has to work because you're, you're working with our, our technology and our we can't have a, a Sony VR game not work right and I say that it did. I thoroughly enjoyed most of the game. Yeah. 
I don't have any issues with the VR, I don't think, because he had weird things where Rick and Morty, your hands would just disappear. And like anything else, when Jessica played uh, Russia Blood, had some wicked drift. I think there was drift in this, but I think that's I think that's impossible to not have because you're constantly moving around. Yeah, but still, nowhere near to the levels of other stuff we've seen. No, I, at one point, I think Rick and Morty had me... I had to face around backwards because the game was like, that's the way you're supposed to face. That's forward. I'm like, no, it's not. But it couldn't register me looking backwards because the faceplate has to at least have some sort of like line of sight of the camera. And I just I had to give up. It gave me a headache. This, that gave me a headache trying to deal with it, not actually because I was moving around everything. It gave me a headache trying to figure it out. This, I never once was upset with how it was working. Like, yeah. It worked because I guess it was much, uh, admittedly, it was a much more simpler concept yeah I was just good yeah extremely good a very good uh, very good platforming game uh, this is coming from a guy I actually absolutely hate platforming games I don't like Mario I've, I haven't liked Mario since I was a kid I've grown gr- I grew out of Mario pretty much where jumping around levels just don't, don't do it for me no more um, but this actually had a lot of a lot of the cool level, level design and uh, all that that made it Worth playing through because I'd even bothered I, I'd even bothered playing through more than one or two worlds I think of Mario Odyssey I never played any of the Galaxy games I never beat Sunshine I mean I don't know I haven't really messed with Mario since '64 we got the SNES stuff that I don't really care for on the on the Switch so platforming is just not my forte any games we see that look like they're platformers when we go to buy a game which we're buying a little less now because of Game Pass. Don't tell Gamefly. Mm-hmm. Anything we see that's <clears throat> watch a video of a game that in, in initially looks like it's a 2D side scroll or a platform of any kind, we drop it like it's hot because platforming is just not where it's at for us when it comes to gameplay. I, I can I can enjoy someone who's really good at it bouncing through a platformer, mm-hmm. but I'm not good at them. No. I don't like it. I hate – I just m- – missing, missing a jump uh, grinds my gears. I mean, I, I just can't. I can't handle it. Just it, it makes me so mad. Just missing even small jumps, big jumps that don't matter. Something about some people can like miss a jump, like dang, I didn't make it. I missed a jump, and I'm like, I think I should kill myself. <laughs> Over a jump. <laughs> yeah, this is the most awful thing that ever happened to a human being. Is me missing this jump. <laughs> like oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we said enough. Uh, all the great stuff about that game. I have one final closing thought. Yeah. Um, it was announced fairly recently. Matter of fact, real recently, uh, June eleventh, twenty twenty, that uh, Astrobot is getting a sequel, mm. and it will just be called Astro's Playroom. That sounds like not a full game. I don't know because it says right here that it will come loaded into every PS5 console without the need for downloading. It'll just be automatically installed on all PS5s. That's weird, assuming everybody has a VR. I mean, is it not a VR game? It doesn't... It just says that... Yeah, it just says 3D platformer. There's no other information on it other than it's a sequel and it will be loaded onto every PS5 without the use of downloading. And it was revealed at the PlayStation 5 event earlier this year. If they don't, if they make one, that's weird. And two, if they don't have it VR, then it loses, it loses a lot of its charm. Or maybe they'll just be like, "Hey, PlayStation Five, come with the VR." <laughs> no way, they'll do that. No. They won't even announce the prices right now. No, but maybe it'll be it'll be like the VR playroom. 
or it'll well, be... So, we mentioned the VR Playroom version of this, of, of Astro Boy, wasn't like this game. No, no, it was... It was quite different and had multiplayers, which which I thought was strange. It had really fun. It was like it was like a, a set of mini-games. It was a set of mini-games that led up to the game actually being... Oh, no, there was some levels. Sorry, there was some levels where you kind of played like this, but then but it then also had these really mini, cool mini-games, which I'm surprised Astrobot didn't come loaded with some mini-games. I think they were focused on a different experience. Yeah. Because I think the, thing, the most popular one that everybody played mm-hmm. was the, the final boss. Yeah. Which was a 4v1, where one player was the... A, Again, a giant floating camera, but from the other people's point of view, you were like a giant robotic dinosaur with a long neck, and they had to throw stuff at you, and you had to again dodge around the dumpsters and the fire hoses and the flamethrowers for them to hit you. So I can see how that, I think that may have been the the fan favorite, and that's why you can see how that looks exactly like this. Yeah. With the, the moving camera perspective and the running around and everything. I, I enjoyed both, but this was really fun. This was really fun. Yeah. So, and we'll, obviously, we'll have we have no choice but to own the next Astrobot game. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll we'll see if we push that on here eventually. I mean, who knows? You know, we'll we'll get all, we're getting all the consoles, so we'll have everything anyway. Eventually, we definitely will. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough of that. Uh, if you got a VR, it's the best VR thing we've played. If you've played other VR things. That you uh, say are legitimately good, we we kind of like to hear about them. I'm iffy on VR because of my motion sickness, but I, I at least give everything a try. game we'll be tackling is called Bear With Me, the complete collection. Mm-hmm. And we played it on uh, on Xbox, I believe. Yeah. It is developed by Exordium Games. They're a, a Croatian game studio. They've been mm-hmm. around since uh, 20, 2014. Mm-hmm. They've made a couple of games. I believe they've made six games Though they their number they say like eleven, but it's really uh, bear with me was originally episodic, and then they released a DLC and they count each episode as an individual game, mm. and then the the pro the prequel as a game, and then they counted the complete collection which contained all the things. Yeah, that's, that's just trying to increase so really your numbers. It's six games, in all honesty, it is six games, and I have the list of them right here, but I don't know what they each entail. Yeah, there's, there's no point. I. From what I can see from right here, I don't even recognize any anything they've done before this. So, have they only been on PC? It, I believe so. I think it mostly was PC. Cool. Though I think their newest game, which I believe is the called Last Encounter, is a twin stick shooter specifically. So I think it's designed for consoles. Huh. So random considering what what Bear with Me is, and that's Bear with Me as in a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, 
the the main character you spend most of the game playing is is a, a PI. Well, scratch that. He is an alcoholic PI with a very gruff attitude. Yeah. And his name is Ted E. Bear. <laughs> this game is a um. Edit. I mean, basically, it's a point and click. Point and click. Yeah. I mean, really, what it is. Um, but, you know, there's no way around that. You kind of poke yourself around. Do, do you? I don't remember. Do you actually walk physically? You can wander. You can okay, so you're not, you're not just clicking on doors and they walk to them, or is it how it is? It's been about, about, about a month or so since I've no, played I, it. No, I think you have to specifically click, because I remember there being a part in the, the Lost Robots where you're outside the diner and you have to go talk to the crazy dude on the dock, and you have to click. Okay, wait. so, so, so yeah, it's, completely, it's completely a point-and-click point game. But what got our attention for the game was the, is the art and the fact that the uh, teddy bear is a main character. Mm-hmm. So it has a very... Uh, What's about? Is it? Is it black and white all the way through? Yeah, I think it does. I'm trying to give me give me just a little bit. I think it's entirely grayscale. Yeah, gray. You know, not black, but more grayscale. So it has like this weird color scheme to it, and it's very. I mean, it's it's, it's a no. It's a noir. Yeah. Uh, murder murder mystery thing at first, and it tells multiple stories. I forget the order of the stories, because uh, there's like there's like the one story that's like the murder mystery of the of that robot, mm-hmm. and there's the other the other weirder story where the that's the one where the brother's missing. Yeah, I believe that it goes. I forget the order you play them in. You play them in episode. You, you technically play them episode one, two, three, and then the prequel, of the Lost Robots. But you're supposed to technically play the Lost Robots first, though I played that afterwards. No, hold on. And the, the Lost Robots is the murder mystery, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you, we did play that first. Yeah, that's on the console version. That's how it's presented to you. You play the Lost Robots, and then you play a couple others, and then you have the final one where you play as uh, the sister instead of Flint. Or Ted? No, Flint's the... Okay, no. sorry. Uh, I confuse everybody on that. You have the main character, Ted E. Bear, who's a detective, and his, his assistant... His assistance is Amber, which, a real human being, which is, and which her is really, really, Flint. really his own his owner. Yeah, he's her teddy bear. But you, play, depending on which story you're playing, you're either going to play as Amber or Flint. There is no switching back and forth between them once you start the story. Yeah, you don't play. You don't play as Ted. You play as Teddy, don't you? Yeah. Or is he just around the whole time? I can't remember the. Yeah, he's the main character, but every now and again you'll have to split up. Yeah. He'll walk into this room and he'll get trapped behind a wall. Hey, let me out. And you have to, it'll switch perspective to one of the kids. Yeah. Though not often. Yeah. Hmm. The game is entirely voice acted, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think, think but um, how do you explain the voice acting? <sighs> Exaggerated, for sure. Yeah, so when it first started, the first conversations you see are between Teddy and Flint, the brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teddy's voice actor is really, uh, really throwing the gruff noir thing at you full force. Really hamming it up, that's yeah. for sure. Saying yeah. all these like 1940s lingos. Yeah, he he speaks that way, even though nobody else does. No, but it's also <laughs> a child's imagination, maybe. I guess that's the way. Yeah, we don't want to spoil the a lot of the other intricacies of the the way the story goes, but uh, he has uh, he does talk like a. We say, would you say 1950s? 
I'd say, yeah, he's like alcoholic he, detective. He's the he's he is the noir. You know, the I keep saying noir, but he's the he's the drunken detective cliche. But he's a teddy bear. Um, and the the two kids are actually pretty normal. They're just normal kids, brother and sister kids who uh, I think they are they, are they orphans. No, no, uh, no, no. They're not orphans. I think their parents just work. Parents are just working, so they're they're alone. So I think they're I think they're rich. They have rich parents. They live in like they, a New York the parents, City parents, the parents that ain't around ever. So, oh, getting off track there. So, it's uh, so the, the, the first couple of conversations, the voice acting will kind of throw you off. And I was kind of like, this voice acting's garbage. I played it, I think I played it before you. You know, you started it after me. And I warned you the voice acting was a little weird. And you weird. got mad at me for not. I was like, I was like, his voice acting is bad. And he's like, he's like, you're like, no, I think it's, I think it's on purpose. Uh, yeah. Because his, he, he, What's a perfect example of a Teddy? I mean, everybody knows the the drunken detective cliche. Yeah. He is he's that. It's on. So it's clearly you know a few minutes, like a, a little while into it, you're like, okay, I get that this is on purpose. But even sometimes it feels like he's just reading off a piece of paper. The voice actor sometimes it's kind of threw me off. And even and the boy's really not that good either. The sister's a little better, and well, and all the other all the other characters you meet seem a lot better. I, well, the playing as the when you have Flint as your sidekick, that's the the prequel. Yeah, the Lost Robots. Yeah, which is weird because it came later. I don't know why it sounds worse. Well, he like, he should have been better sounding. He might, he might have been. A, no, he might have been. No, Flint might have been a bad voice yeah, actor. That is entirely true. Because uh, that kid was not very like he was like he'd say jokes and stuff so flatly. I just I don't think that was the humor. I think he was just a bad voice actor maybe. Mm-hmm. So the Lost Robots. How many parts is the Lost Robots? Uh, it's just the one part. There's one part lost. Any any multi part multi episode one. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. Yeah, it was confusing. I remember cause I remember playing it, and then I think we I think we even started playing on the wrong episode at one point. We had to like fix it because you start as the lost robots, and that tell takes it takes place in the city. You have the docks, the police station, and everything. Yeah, the factory. And then when it climaxes crescendos whatever and then it goes off then you have then you move on to the the other episodes that technically come they come after yeah it's I forget the time frame what as I say it's misleading because the first thing you do is I mean granted it's a robot but the first thing you do is a murder mystery there's a robot that was murdered and you're trying to figure out who did it and why and then when you figure all that stuff out you go to the, the quote unquote main game I guess and then it's just a. Is it the whole that whole a lot? I mean, I, it gets weirder on the end, but the front the front half of that seems like you're just she's looking for her her brother's just disappeared. Her, her brother's missing, and she's trying to find him. Yeah. And then it all starts to culminate with the uh, the introduction of the only thing in the entire game that's colored, and that's the the red man. Yeah, he chases you, and can he kill you? There's a fail state that involves Red Man, yeah. Yeah, okay. You can definitely die. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember running from him that much, but I remember. Because you spent most it, of the game hunting him down, finding. Figure out, figure out, I think you but, think. I think she thinks he's who kidnapped her brother. But he does hurt other people. Oh yeah, he. Uh, and you have to figure some. Of yeah, that he ends up murdering other people. You, uh, other other characters. You encounter. Not really a spoiler. I mean, it, we won't say who. But he ends up uh, murdering other characters. You encounter. 
And there is a quite a cast of characters here. You involved in both all the episodes you involved. We can't go through all of them. There's too many characters. Actually, quite a few. But everybody, everybody you meet is a character. They're not all like Teddy. Like it's not all everybody's a like a like a I mean, a template like Teddy is. Some of them are. You have like so, the skeevy fish guy. He's like, hey boss, what you gonna do, boss? You know, like, little, little mobster bot. You got mobster bots. Everybody you meets. I think everybody you meets robots. No, no, no. You, there's you, a giraffe. There's like a stuffed there's giraffe. There's a giraffe lady. There. Well, then you have like the gangster, the gangster he's king a, he's, shark. He's a, oh, he's a he's, he's a, a stuffed. He's a mobster for sure. King shark. Yeah. Is a he had an awesome voice actor. There's a great. It is a little tongue in cheek, self aware of itself. Yeah. Because at one part, I remember. Oh, you're 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 playing with Amber as Amber, and Teddy Bear, is trying to have a conversation to get some intel from King Shark. And they're just battling back and forth. But is his name King Shark? Isn't that, isn't that the DC thing? Well, his name is um, Shark King. Everyone just calls him King. I keep saying King. King Shark is a DC character. That's entirely my bad. But the names are really close. But his name is King, and he's a shark. And he's the king of the underworld. So everyone just calls him The king. criminal underworld, not the, yeah. the mythological underworld. Criminal underworld, I should say that. And they're talking back and forth, and they both have these super deep, although I think King has a much deeper, gravelier voice. And Amber remarks, because they're just talking back and forth, and she goes, you guys, you should just go in the other room, have a deep, gravelly boy showdown, <laughs> and then come back and we can continue, because they just keep getting yeah, lower yeah, she, and lower. Yeah, she acknowledges their gravelly voices, their deep, deep, gravelly voices. <laughs> it's funny. The game... Is fairly whimsical at times. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy in it for what it is, because like it it tends to be, uh, because of it, the genre, what it's trying to do. One's about murder, and one's about kidnapping, and and other murders. Technically, like as the game generally has, you Very, can't tell so much from the art style, like on the in, on the, like the title screen and stuff like that. You can't really tell that you're getting into a, yeah, you can't really tell you're getting into a a dark tale. I mean, you see hand-drawn characters. You see a teddy bear and some other random things. You're like, oh, this might be something silly. But majority of it's uh, both both tales, including the the ending of everything. Is uh, it's all pretty dark. There's a lot of comedy throughout the games. I guess Blake says it's aware of itself, but the general tone and everything, and the whole, all the plots are actually uh, fairly adult and dark. They use the 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 whimsy to cover up or to lighten. The blow of the, v- I don't want to call it dark undertones because you're investigating murders and stuff. Yeah. But there are some darker things at hand. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good. But I do want to mention Drew talked about. I was a little misled when I first turned it on. Because you have the title screen, it's all grayscale, and you're like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. But then this song kicks on. Like a. It's like a nursery rhyme lullaby straight out of a horror movie. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh man, this is going to be a horror game.
okay. And then I turn it on. That's yeah, it's really misleading. And it that was it, point and click, and I was thrown real hard. That is the only song I was able to find. I really, I like that yeah, song. Of all the things, Exordium posted this song to YouTube, but nothing else. It's so strange. And in no way fits the tone of the game. And I hope it gave you chills, because it did me the first. I was like, oh, ooh, chilly. I thought it was going to be. I like the song a whole lot. Yeah, it's weird. Again, there's a lot of weird, strange characters. Yeah. <laughs> there's a ongoing joke about, because everyone knows that Teddy mm-hmm. is a, uh, a washed-up alcoholic. <laughs> to the point, like, everyone, just, like, sometimes he'll walk up to somebody and they'll be like, oh, God. Can you take a few a few steps back? I'm getting drunk being this close to you. Like it's blatant. <laughs> yeah, he drinks a lot. It's funny seeing a teddy bear drink a whole bunch of alcohol too. To the point at one point to get information, you're at a bar. You got to make drinks, but you. <laughs> I make the right drink. Yeah, we had we did some stuff. Oh, we, we did some stuff for achievements. But we did. Yeah. There's a guide for this on TA. It's easy to get the whole. The whole 1K, I think it involves a couple of uh, save loads to get everything done. Just a few. Not but uh, not very many, but you can get everything, the whole full 1K for this game really easily. It's point, which is generally pretty easy in point-and-click games to get 1Ks anyway. And I think the entirety of it. You have the, the prequel, the Lost Robots, and then all three of the uh, episodes that involve Amber and the Red Man. I think all of it together, 10 hours? Maybe. I don't remember. I didn't write that down. You can see on your Xbox. If your Xbox is tracking properly, you can see. Because I didn't write down my timing. I know that I completed it. I got the 1K. Well, it was more than 1K. I th- no. I think it was 1K because the complete edition just made it 1,000. Did it? I think so. I can't remember. No. No, it wasn't. No, because I remember being a little upset. Because you play... Th- There's a lot of points where I felt that should have been like achievements for completing a chapter... Because you play through the whole game, the the base game, and it is like a thousand points. And then the the extra bit is only like 200. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I, and I feel like they could have stretched Oh, it. that's because, yeah, because you, you get a lot less achievements in the Lost Robots, where you get a lot less achievements. Might be vice versa. The other way around, you get a lot less on the on the back end of the other, the other half mm-hmm. of the game. More than half of the game. Yeah. But, you know, it's, if you don't care about achievements, it's no big deal. Yeah, if you like. And I I don't think that it's on PlayStation. I think it's only on Windows. And really? I couldn't, I can't remember. It's where not it that was. big a deal, really. Yeah. We, play, we play on Xbox. We tell you to play, play your games on Xbox. <laughs> PlayStation's gotten, uh, Sony's gotten uppity. Oh, yeah. Let's not get into that on here right now. <laughs> but let's just, yeah, leave that. Let, yeah. let sleeping dogs lie. Did you have a particularly favorite, just one favorite character that maybe stood out or maybe a puzzle that was kind of cool? Yeah, you know, I, I said before in previous episodes, because we, we have covered quite a few of these uh, point-and-click games, just because the art styles and stories are why we ended up playing these games, not for any kind of love of point-and-click or love of puzzle solving. So, no, there's no puzzles that I particularly enjoyed because I just don't like doing puzzles. That's fair, and we had a guy, so we got through them pretty quick. What about characters? Anyone stand out to you that you... I mean, is it hard to say it's not not Teddy? And then the King is entertaining. King was good. Also, who was that who was that person in the police station where you're they're typing the whole time? And you gotta mess with you gotta mess with their papers. You gotta keep swapping their papers around until they 
she was like, I think she's like the receptionist or the. She was, was, that was kind of. That's one. You only have one interaction with her, but it's kind of funny. Well, my favorite one was uh, he had he had a lot of dialogue too, but uh, CBG. Yeah. Remember him? I think so. It was like a secret agent or something, or he thought he was a secret agent. <laughs> CBG is his name. He's just CBG, but it stands for Crazy Bat Guy. <laughs> oh, the Bat Dude. Yeah, the Batman robot. Oh, that's right. Forgot I don't think he dude. was a robot. I think he was a person. <laughs> he, he has a Batman cowl on, yeah. but then he has a straight jacket <laughs> and then a Batman cape, and he just runs around fighting crime. <laughs> I guess he's fighting crime. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's forgot fighting about, crime. Forgot about that guy. And he has conspiracy theories that the seagulls are controlling everything. <laughs> yeah, that dude was funny. Such a random dude. But he was interesting for sure because sometimes you get to an area and everyone's knocked out and you're like, what happened here? And then you just keep walking and he just comes down. He literally just jumps out of a corner and you're like, what happened? He's like, oh, they wouldn't give me the information that I needed. And you're like, how did you beat them? You're literally in a straight jacket. <laughs> and there's like six people just knocked unconscious on the ground. They never give you the backstory. But he was he was pretty fun. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was one of the more interesting ones for sure. Yeah, I said everybody's a character. Though. Every person you meet, some just a silly, silly character. Yeah, over dramatic. What was the? Wasn't there a per- woman at the diner who was real dramatic too? Dot that, Teddy. Oh no, t- Teddy's old girlfriend who shot him. <laughs> and the game opens up with her shooting him and him falling off a building. Yeah, it's all dramatic and stuff. I forget why. I think she she shoot because he was cheating or because he was just he a bad. At another woman. Another woman. I think it's all it was. What was she? Is she? Uh, I think she's a. I think she's full. She's one of the fewer, but I think she's full blown human. She don't have anything weird about her. She's got. Um, she's got like. She's like a dame. She's like a dame, she, though, like yeah. the classic dame. But yeah, she's got the the bleach blonde and the the big. Kind of flowing curls. And yeah, the big... I her. So she's she's kind Actually, of actually. I think she has color, too, only because of the blonde hair and the the red lipstick. Maybe that may know. have only been like a cutscene. Yeah, yeah, but she's straight shot Teddy. He's kind of he kind of holds a little grudge, but I guess he's a teddy bear, so he's okay. Yeah, it didn't knock the stuff out of him too much. He just drank the pain away. He says. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't want to. I really, I think I may have spoiled some of the story. Yeah. I hope I did. The, the, the larger plot points. What it, what it really gets to is the is the ending is what matters. When it all everything is more about the the, the journey, but um, meeting cool, cool, fun, interesting characters. But it's the really the ending is where it's going to get you. For An both, ending you're probably not going to see coming. For both of them, the endings, like some of the game, because in a lot of things, at point and click, it can be slow. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah, think he's dozing off while you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> but the endings for both the the Lost Robot as well as the main game, the endings, Lost Robot, the ending happens and you're like, whoa, I like that. And then the actual main game ending with uh, Ambers and and the in the, the main game, mm-hmm. that's a really good. The ending makes the game worth it, hands down. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little adventure anyway. Another good comedy, mostly good writing, and then. Ending with a cool little ending. I don't really have a whole lot more to say. I think that's. I mean, it's probably it. I, said, I couldn't. I couldn't find any. I'm sure the rest of the music's all just kind of noir music. I couldn't find any of it. The the company posted the one song you heard. Um, 
It's all about the characters and the story. The art style is just is just hand drawn little cartoon like cartoon people. You, you, you just look it up, you'll see immediately what it looks like. The whole game, the game doesn't change art or anything like that. Ever, it kind of everything has everything has the style. It is is the style. It is the way the whole game looks. Uh, point and click with puzzles. You know, moving items here, combine them out, combining items in your inventory to solve puzzles, get things done. And always weird items. That's just a point and click thing. That's that's in general. Like, why why would these two things combine to make this one thing? You, you just, I feel like people who play it without guides are literally just clicking clicking items together for hours. I'm just like, I, I just need to get this solved, hear the story, and move on. Mm-hmm. So no interest in doing the puzzles on these things. That's it for that. Though. I think. I mean, I think it's worth playing. We this is something we actually bought. This isn't a game pass thing. This is this is pre game pass. Uh, Astrobot was GameFly. This is pre game pass. We bought this. It had to be maybe ten dollars for the whole. The complete collection. I think it goes on sale all the time. It goes on sale often. Yeah, I've been looking at sales recently because we have Game Pass, but uh, it's uh, it's worth. I think it's worth every, it's worth every 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 bit of ten dollars. Oh, for sure, easy. Yeah, if you can find it cheaper, go for it. But ten dollars. Yeah, make sure you buy the complete because you can buy. Bear with me, and you can buy a Lost Robot, Lost Robot separately, or you can buy the complete version. I would buy the complete version. The complete version for ten bucks. Yeah, around that way, be worth it. Uh, the last thing we're gonna do, of course, is the movie, and this is actually a movie we watched somewhat recently. So it's like I think it's the only thing we've actually watched within a month of talking about it. And, or, yeah, and so yeah, it's something you actually probably still remember. Hopefully, I don't remember anything about it. That's fair. No, I remember quite a bit. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it right now. I can remember the whole majority of them. I actually remember almost all the movie while we're, you know, so we can do it real quick. So I might forget while we're talking about it. The movie we're talking about is called. Come to Daddy. Yeah, it's not a porn. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it is a actually like a. We're, we're gonna cover the porn next movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a a, a black comedy th- thriller. It yeah. kind of changes genres a few times as yeah. it, as it hits certain points. More of a, I think more of a, not a black comedy thriller. I mean, it's dark comedy, dark comedy, black comedy thrillers. Kind of fits the whole movie. Yeah. Actually. <clears throat> So I'm just gonna delve real quick into the writer director. It's one guy. You know, it's it's two different people. The uh, the director. This is his first time directing anything, but he's written. He's he's mostly a big producer. Mm-hmm. But his name is uh, Ant Timpson. Ant like A N T Ant, just Ant Timpson. It wasn't short for. I'm sure it might be short for like Anthony, but as far as his Wikipedia page and all that stuff is concerned, it's just Ant. Sometimes you should change. Sometimes you should really change your name. Hey, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Calm down, Billy. Um, he's mostly a producer. The only other thing he's actually written and directed was a movie we bought recently because of this movie called Deathgasm. We actually bought it not too long ago. Well, that's the so. Wait, is the director or the writer? It's he wrote and directed Deathgasm, and then he did uh, Guns Akimbo. No, I might, I might be having that mixed up then. Are you mixing things up? Because I'm pretty sure that's the guy who did Guns Akimbo. We bought we bought Deathgasm because he did Guns Akimbo. Okay, okay, I'll go scratch that. I did mess that up. He produced that. Like I said he was mostly a producer, and he got he gets people he got people together. He produced Deathgasm. He, his his big things. Uh, he actually produced Deathgasm and Turbo Kid. <laughs> Yeah, he got he got those yeah. production. But one of the things he did create is he's responsible for the creation of ABCs of Death. 
we're getting it together. Probably producing, getting it all together. Yeah, yeah. He, he, it was his. It was his idea. Okay. To bring all these people together, like this is I have this idea. Each you pick a letter and so on and so forth. He's responsible for the creation of ABCs of Death, and then giving the numbers to people and letters to people. Letters to people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ABCs of Death, sort of worth watching, sort of not. Like half and half. It's hit and miss. You know, yeah. twenty twenty six short you know films and. Eh. And well, he's given. He actually he's given writing credit for Come to Daddy. Mm-hmm. Though he didn't write it, he came up with the idea for it. And then his writing friend is the one who actually wrote the screenplay oh, okay. and the story. But he, he's the one who's like, hey, can you help me write this story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people have great ideas, but they don't know how to put them into words. And I think that's what this guy is. He doesn't know how to execute it properly, but he gets people. Though, if come to daddy, he did a pretty good job. I felt I really liked it. He like, was he directed and directed he it. He directed it and the idea for the movie. And then yeah. this other gentleman, who's the writer, is a gentleman named, uh, oddly enough, another weird name, Toby Harvard. That's nowhere near as weird. But his last aunt. name's Harvard. Yeah. Like that seems made up to me. I'm yeah. just saying. Now he he got kicked out of Harvard when he was younger, and I was like, oh, I'll show them, change my last name, and make some movies. He. I think he again. I think they're friends. They they, they rotate in the same circles. He's only written two things. Hmm. He wrote uh, a movie called The Greasy Strangler, <laughs> which I think is actually it's something I want to watch because I've well we researched this movie. They've every single one of these people has had something to do with Greasy Strangler. Like he helped produce it, uh, Spectre Vision, the a different production company but they helped they made that movie and stuff mm-hmm. and I want to see that movie but besides writing Greasy Strangler he also wrote and ABCs of Death uh, I think he wrote in the second one and it was uh, G is for Grounded I remember when we watched them both but it's so much to take in yeah, it's a lot to take in it's like better to just watch like one or two and then call it quits and come back to them mm-hmm. but even with this uh, Toby gentleman he hasn't written a bunch He's only written those. Those are the only two things. His his main source of uh, career or income mm-hmm. seems to be working in art departments for a, a bunch of movies, mostly as a storyboard artist. But just quickly, uh, the the ones that stood out, uh, other ones I didn't know what they were, but he's been in a bunch of movies. He was the storyboard artist and uh, other art de- department things for the James Bond film Die Another Day. He uh, did Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life, yeah. and Free Fire. I wouldn't leave Tomb Raider on my resume. <laughs> but, I mean, it hits money. Yeah. But he, he's responsible for the Free Fire. Free Fire? He, he's an art department, storyboard artist. We did Free Fire on the, on the podcast, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope so. If not, I do want to. <laughs> we can't remember. Is Free Fire been on the podcast? Uh, I need to make it like an ongoing we need, we need a master list, like a master copy of everything we put on the podcast. For sure, you can do it right up God, I'm trying to think right now. We've surely really talked about it. That's sad. For it? Yeah, yeah, notes for free fire. Anyway, getting sidetracked here. I don't have notes for it, so maybe we haven't talked about it yet. Okay. That'd be, that's, that's an incredible movie, too. Uh, anyway, let's get, we'll move on with this one. Okay, sorry. And, uh, okay, and that's, uh, like I said, free fire. And then he has a responsible for another movie that I only wrote. I wrote this one down to remind me because the movie sounds interesting. It's called Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the picture in a lot of places, and it's uh, one of those 
multi multi perspective stories. It follows four people and their lives interlock it. Like Crash or like a, we we covered a Air I Breathe mm-hmm. or Trick or Treat. That's a Trick or Treat. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it sounded it sounded interesting, so I do want to. Well, that's the main reason I wrote it down. It's called Franklin, and it stars uh, Ava Green. Uh, you you recognize it if you saw her face. I can't really think of anything off the top. The only thing I think of is Miss Peregrine's Home for Extraordinary Children or whatever, and she's Miss Peregrine. Ava Green. Okay. Yeah, that works. So, okay, that's just a bit on the people who made the movie. Now, we're going to kind of step down to the story. I'm not going to name off everybody because I, I, I'm... The movie's all about the surprises that happen yeah. and the fun. But basically the main gist is our main character, a gentleman named Norval, not Norval, Norval Greenwood, which is played by Elijah Wood. Fantastic. You know who Elijah Wood is? Uh, think of The Good Son, and uh, that's about it. I don't think he's been... I think he was an extra in the Back to the Future too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's done a whole lot of anything else. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, hope, 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 he's a good actor. Hope he gets somewhere in life. Really good. <laughs> yeah, except for his awful haircut in this movie. <laughs> That's also the character he's playing. He's playing a um, what's I'm looking for? Brain work. Uh, Elijah Wood. Before we, we make too much fun of his haircut, I want to see two good things about him. He's actually sort of playing of a version of himself because he himself actually is a fairly experienced DJ. Not really. He actually had his own record company for 10 years hmm. called Simeon Records. It went from 05 to 2015. And during that time, he also started his own production company that is a uh, genre-driven production company mostly focused on horror movies called Spectre Vision. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll dip into them later because I do want to talk about some of their movies and stuff like that, but at another podcast. So he plays a gentleman named Norval Greenwood. Basically a uh, privileged, hipstery type, exaggerated DJ. Yeah. Who still lives at home in Mommy's Beverly Hills mansion. Like, he's really, like, Mommy's favorite. Only child, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's only... He receives a letter... From his a estranged father, who he has not seen since he was five, and this character's gotta be thirty, if not older. Yeah, is the character he's portraying as. So he receives a letter from his dad, saying that he wants to make up for lost time and to come to his home in Oregon, on a lake in the woods. Yeah, it's very far away from a Beverly Hills mansion. He shows up, and his father is fairly happy to see him. You know, he he looks like a uh, like an aged playboy, someone from like the '80s. He's got some gold chains on his wrist, necklace. He's got the big button-up shirt, but he's missing like the top five buttons. It's a deep V. Yeah. And he's just chilling. He's got rings on every other finger, and he's just kind of like the best way I could think. He's probably like imitating. Uh, like Keith Richards, he's kind of got that. Hey, bud, how you doing? Let's. Oh, Norval, I. You know, he's trying to be a friendly dad because he's trying to make, make up for it. And the first night goes. Goes okay. It was awkward, you know. Hey, how dinner, and then go to bed. The second night. They go for a swim. 
they try to get to know each other a little more by drinking and, is, and eating. And as the night goes on, you feel the dad is getting a lot more agitated. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh-oh, what's going on? And so the Norval tries to be a, tries to be a showman and like show off for daddy and be like, oh, yeah, I know people. I know lots of people because I'm a huge star. I'm a huge musician in, in L.A. and Beverly Hills. And so his dad's like, well, okay, fine. Being antagonistic, who have you played for? Whatever. And he was like, oh, I'm friends with uh, Elton John because uh, I, I played at his party, this, that, and the other. And to, to be just show how stuck up this guy is, um, he doesn't call Elton John Elton John. He calls him by... I can't remember Elton John's actual name before he changed it to Elton John, but that's what he calls him. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but he's he, I have no he, idea. I, I I'm not gonna live Google. People who who are fans of Elton John know he has a, his real name, and anyone who's seen that movie Rocket Man knows it with Tedgar Arrington. But regardless, he's 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 doing this huge long spiel and keeps calling him. I was gonna say Elton. He's like Elton's this and Elton that, and then out of nowhere, his dad goes, "You know what?" Let me call him. And then he's like, excuse me? What do you mean, call him? He's like, yeah. He pulls out a little black book. He's like, I was his limo driver for 10 years. Let me call him up and see if he remembers you. And he's like, no, it's too late to be calling him. He's like, not the Elton I know. He parties hard into the morning. And they get into a little bit of a spat, basically calling him out on his lie. And then he panics and freaks out. And his dad's like, this book is blank. I don't know him, but it's good to know my son's a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He shoots back his shot, throws his cup into the fireplace, it shatters, and he goes to bed. Yeah. So things are getting rough. Yeah. And then <laughs> the next day happens, and there's just quiet. No one's talking. And now Norval wants to know why Dad wrote the letter. He's like, you wrote me a letter to come visit you. Why? Why? And they get into it, and they're just yelling and arguing. And then he comes to the realization, Norval... You wrote that letter when you were drunk, didn't you? <laughs> and he's like, no. What are you talking about? I can handle my alcohol. I'm not drunk. And a huge, huge fight erupts. And so so as this huge fight erupts, one thing leads to another. Certain things are said that can't be taken back. And certain things happen. I think it's this is where the big, this is what, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. It's where the big. It's where the movie takes a, a this, pretty, pretty big turn. Like its first step. Like I said earlier, kind of like changes genre. This is its step towards the changing of the genre, and I literally can't talk about any more without ruining the story. Right? Yeah, because at that pivotal moment, the movie, the movie shifts to a, a different movie, uh, and it's hard to. Um, it's hard to talk about that without talking. Sport. Talking beyond that moment is difficult uh, for the plot-wise. We'll say the movie is cray cray. Yeah, it's it's a ride for sure. It's a wild. It's a wild ride. There's more additional characters uh, coming to the movie. Some, yeah, some some of a, dad's friends. Dad's friends. One one of dad's fr- one of dad's friends is uh, what's his name. Well, yeah, I wanted to bring him up specifically because we. There's only I'm only going to talk about one other character. The character's name is Jethro. Yeah. And he's played by an actor who me and Drew, for years, just have just him. referred to him as a character name, 
Tires. Um, yeah, his name is his name was Tires, and he was a he was a bike messenger and a very d- d- high twenty four seven bike messenger in uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's uh, Spaced. Yep. Real Nick, Nick old, Frost. Nick, Nick Frost. My bad. Yeah. Real old TV show like. Before they all made the movies, before because y'all know that Nick Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, they're the ones that made the, the uh, Shaun, of the, Shaun of the Dead. What's the cop one? Hot sh- uh, hot stuff. Oh my god. Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz, and then made um, uh, at, the, World, at World's End. At World's End, he made they made the little the little trilogy they talk about. Space is what they all did together before they got into making movies. I think it's called like the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy or the Blood and Cornetica's, and every single one of them. Nick Frost's character eats a Cornetto at some point, <laughs> and there's lots of blood, so it's a joke. I think it's called the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Anyway, uh, but the guy, Tires, what's his real name? His real name is uh, Michael Smiley. Michael Smiley. So he's actually appeared, he's in space, and then he then he's in all of uh, Edgar's, everything. all the Edgar Wright's movies, too, he, I think. He appears in Shaun of the Dead, he appears in Hot Fuzz, and he appears in World's End. And I don't know if he appears in all of Edgar Wright. I don't know if he was in Baby Driver or... Scott Pilgrim, but he was definitely in everything that they've done as a group together. So I'm Peg Nick Frost. Yeah, said they're all friends. So it was cool to see him in something outside of a. He just kind of shows up. I'm like, oh, it's him. Yeah, and he he's actually a very serious actor. Like we we know him from the comedy, and he does this. He does a good mix of like serious and comedy back and forth. Yeah, but again, I he I think they're all meeting because he actually appears in the first ABCs of Death. No, does he? Is a U is for unearthed, hmm. and it's a it's an entirely filmed in first person perspective where he and another guy dig up something and the thing attacks and kills them and it's all you know five minutes or whatever. But hmm. and on top of that, it was a movie that I bought. I bought a really cool still book for, but it's B region, and so we haven't been able to watch it. But he is in Kill List. Oh, that's right. Do we, do we not buy it on the Blu-ray for Kill we List? We haven't gotten around to do it yet. We need to like. Sure. Yeah, I don't think so. Mine's still Region B, as far as I'm aware. Mm. And according to my my master list that I have of it, it's locked as well. Mm. But yeah, so he again, unearthed. You know, it didn't really show off his acting ability. But Kill List is something I'll once I get around to watching it. Recommended by a friend. Do we need to watch Kill List? Actually, I think the same friend that recommended Kill List is who recommended Come to Daddy to us. Exactly. Yeah. So that's fun. Again, I know I'm leaving you on a bit a huge cliffhanger. For the movie, but it has to be because if I talk about anything else in the movie, yeah. you'll be I think pull- you'll be mad at me. You'll be pulled in. What's an hour and a half movie? Maybe it's yeah. It's literally like credits included, start and finish. It's like an hour and thirty four. So minutes. you'll be pulled if you're not if you'll be pulled in in the first between how weird uh, Elijah's character is and, and the interaction with his dad. If you're interested in that kind of drama, will pull you in in the first ten to fifteen minutes of the movie, and then at that point you'll you'll get to the the dramatic scene we're talking about and then you, then I think you'll be hooked at that point. You gotta be like, what in the world? And Especially then at the climax of that scene. Yeah, that scene. And then like it takes a weird turn and then by the end I mean you can give maybe ten or fifteen minutes to see if it grabs you. And if it don't grab you in that side in that time and I don't know. Maybe the movie ain't for you. But it's definitely a weird at the whole point it it's oh God. It's definitely a weird movie, and we like weird movies like this because people aren't normally watching these really strange movies that people make. No, not at all. And I don't know if people pay attention to this or not, but I'm not sure. I think they may have struggled a little bit with getting this together. 
Because it's something I've noticed more recently. Even with, even with Elijah Woods backing? Yeah. Even even with him as a starring character. The movie has like seven different production companies attached to it. Oh, wow. Which Inclu- really including, including Elijah's, right? No. Spectre, SpectreVision didn't do it? SpectreVision had nothing to do with this movie, which I thought was super strange. Huh. I think because I think because he it has it had to do with the ant. I think he because he's also produced it. I think he went to a bunch of different people because it's better to because he's responsible for the ABCs of Death and everything. That's how he does stuff. Where he just gets a bunch of different productions to give him a bunch of you know give you give me some money and so he gets a bunch of money. As a producer, exactly. But it's probably um, it's probably uh, what's it's not it's a. Uh, low risk low reward type thing it's like if if seven people give me a million dollars a piece instead of asking one person to give him seven million it's probably easier and if it again you're you're talking about what a producer's job is what they do exactly so that's probably what he did yeah and that's probably why there's no need to bring in Spectre Vision Hmm. I guess that's just something I wonder why Elijah would be now I, I don't know the why the way he does his business and stuff like that. But I wonder why Elijah would be in a movie and not have his production company attached to it just because. Yeah, maybe had nothing. To, maybe yeah. they had funding before they hired him. It's possible. Because they, they couldn't have cast it unless they had funding and stuff prior. Usually. Mm, maybe, I'm not I guess that. that's true. I don't know how movies work. <laughs> you know a bit. Know a bit of things, but no more than the average person, I guess. But he does. Uh, I, he does. Especially early on, he did star in a lot of the movies for Spectrevision, hmm. which I will talk about those at a later date because one of them I definitely want to talk about, and I already have a game and everything worked out for that episode, but we'll get to that at a later date. Yeah. You know, just leave you on a cliffhanger there, too. Yeah, some more Elijah Wood movies coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had a couple of them, and a couple we, have, a couple we want to see we haven't seen yet. Definitely. Mm. And even. Uh, like we never got around to finishing Wilfred. Oh God, I, I, that show might have just not even had an ending. Who knows? Who knows? Huh? Now, I am sad to say that I could not find a tagline. I looked at a bunch of different movies and posters. I couldn't find a tagline for this movie. But at the same time, when your movie is called "Come to Daddy," I don't think you really need a tagline because the tagline would probably have just been. It sounds like a tagline. Yeah, it sounds like a tagline. Uh, I don't know. It's a really cool movie. It's uh, streaming on Amazon right now. Now, granted, you, you, you could listen to this podcast in a week. You could listen to this podcast 10 years from now, so who knows? 2049, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, depending on when you listen to this podcast, it is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure that's where we watched it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else. You know, streaming for services get wonky because they all... Do we do that or do we do the, the Dropbox? We actually, we know we straight, we yeah, specifically Amazon. did yeah. streaming because that's what our buddy said. Yeah, watch it on Amazon. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say back to There's so much to spoil in this movie. The whole movie is a big, a big, you can't even talk about the other events or even really talk about, even mentioning that there's another character. I mean, because the beginning of the movie is really just Elijah's character and his dad. So even us mentioning the tires, oh, what's his name? Michael Smiley. Even, even mentioning Michael Smiley is a bit of a spoiler because of that. That tells you there's another character in the movie. I mean, when you kind of would think the movie's really just I mean, majority's in that house. Yeah, that that uh, that property at least. That property, yeah. So I mean, I don't say there's there's other characters, but you know we probably shouldn't have said all that. But 
But I just really wanted to talk about him and announce the fact that I know the guy's name now. Yeah, we called we call him Tires for years. Years. I was like, oh man, it's Tires. I was so excited. Even when, even when this movie, even, even in this movie, like, like, oh, dope, it's Tires. And then I made a point after the movie was over to look him up because we're, we're too big of a fans of that guy to not know his actual name. Yeah. And I felt bad for not knowing it. See him fire. You already say see him firefight? Free fire? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the uh, Irish guys. He's well, a free yeah, fire. he's a free fire. So. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to free God. fire. I love free fire. That's a movie. I swear we've talked about that movie on the podcast. It's embarrassing. We can't remember. We need a master list. So after this, after this podcast is done, Blake's gonna be making a master list of movies. I have a, for me. It's easy with bands because I have all the all, I have all the songs saved in a folder, so I know which bands I've done. So I don't accidentally do the same band twice. It's usually pretty. We need, a master, we need a master list of games too. I don't think we've stumbled over. Doing the same game twice. Nah, ever. We did once, but that was on purpose where we revisited a game. Oh, yeah, that was on purpose, yeah. Okay, well. You got anything else? Well, I can't find a tagline, so I'll just use my normal one. I want to wish everybody a uh, good evening and good night.